Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une chance devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, it is the Sick Podcast, and it is brought to you in part by Playground. Experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables. A bad beat jackpot that is already over $700,000 after the world record-setting amount of $2,590,000 won back on August 2nd. Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal, Playground. Also brought to you by La Bite à TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bite à TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bite à TB, embrace your true nature. And brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest growing companies in 2023 and recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Tonight's show is truly a pleasure. They all are and always a privilege. But it's a while that I haven't touched base with the former coach of the Montreal Canadiens. And what's different this time around is he is now the assistant coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Dominic Duchamp, bonsoir. Comment ça va? Hey, Tony, how are you? Very good. good. How are you? I'm good. Really good. Uh, I would imagine you were really good, especially on July 12th when the news came out that you were named as one of the assistant coaches of the Vegas Golden Knights. Coach, congratulations on that. Tell me how long it was in the works and how it came about. I started really quick after the Stanley Cup. Uh, we started uh, talking maybe a couple of days after. Obviously, they were pretty busy celebrating and everything else. And then, you know, the draft and the, and the uh, development camp. So uh, through that, uh, we had a few talks and um, you know, I was... Uh, Really excited to uh, really excited to to join the Golden Knights and uh, looking forward to it. They couldn't contact you the day before the Stanley Cup final. This way, you could have had a picture with the cup. Well, I mean, my goal is to get one, hopefully next year or in the near future. Yeah, Coach, we know it's a very small world, uh, and we know that people 
in all circles of life, but and in all walks and all avenues, but especially in the world of sports, they like to surround themselves with people that they either know because they know their character or they know their ability or they know they can trust them. They know that they will be loyal to them. Usually that's somewhat of the in. Uh, what was your connection at all with Vegas? Was there any? Uh, with Bruce, uh, not at all. I mean, I met him a couple times, but that was it. Uh, obviously, I worked with uh, uh, Kelly McCrimmon at the World Juniors in 2016. Uh, we were both assistant coaches at the time. And when they were looking for an assistant coach, uh, Kelly brought my name up to Bruce. But talking with Kelly, he told me, you know, um, it's going to be Bruce uh, Bruce's decision. So obviously, I think uh, Kelly has some good words for me. Oh, that's pretty uh, cool, eh? Yeah, but uh, that was Kelly, uh, Bruce's decision after. So we had a good talk. We interviewed and you know, we talked for a while. And then, um, like I said, he, he, those guys went for, you know, they went to uh, Nashville for the draft. And then obviously uh, in a situation like this, um, you know, Bruce went around and talked to people that, he knows that he's he's got confidence in uh, about me, and then uh, I guess uh, they were saying some good things because uh, when he called me back, he said, um, "You know, everyone I'm talking to, uh, everything uh, is positive. Everyone's talking about you um, a great way, and um, you know, I want you to be joining us." And wow, and amazing! Was, uh, yeah, that was a, a really uh, you know pleasant. Uh, news and and the next day i talked to kelly about uh, you know about the contract and stuff and then uh, you know soon after it was done so you know it was uh, quite quick at the same time you know uh, knowing uh, where they were uh, at the moment with uh, winning the stanley cup and everything that they had to do uh, i needed to uh, stay patient but uh, it went pretty quick and you know really happy about uh, the uh, the opportunity and the you know, the situation I'm coming back, uh, you know, I'm really pleased uh, with all that. Isn't that something eh? you work with somebody in 2016 and seven years later, they're in a pretty big position, the position of general manager, and they're able to put in a word for you for work. They remember that you were doing and able to do back seven years ago. And, you know, that's the opportunity. And obviously after that, there was quite a bit of work to be done, like you said, with you and Bruce to see if you were going to connect, see if you were going to be on the yeah. same page to see probably if you saw the game the same way. I'm curious, how does that interview go? Is it uh, is it uh, as professional as they come or is it as casual and relaxed? Is it a conversation like two guys having a coffee in a bar? How you know What do you talk yeah. about and how long does this conversation yeah. last? Yeah, it's it's a, a little bit of both, you know. Um, obviously, you know we in those situations when you're the head coach, you want to know about, you know, uh, how the the person is thinking, you know, uh, the way he's seeing the game and things like that. But also, you want to know the person uh, because you know we spend so much time together uh, in the office on the road preparing for games, in games, after games, on the plane. You know, we, we spend more time 
together than we do with our family during the season. So it's important to get along with the person and also uh, have the trust uh, that the person will help you out, you know, help you on on the uh, hockey side and, you know, the way you do things and and can we, can, can, can this work together and, and match? And so, it, you know, it lasted, uh, I don't know, a little bit more than an hour, but we, we spoke more than once. Uh, but that time, probably around an hour or so. By and, phone? Uh, by Zoom? How exactly? Yeah, that by phone. By phone, what? you know, like I said, they were they were pretty, uh, uh, it was quick because, uh, you know, they were busy. Uh, they were, when the first time I talked to them, I think it was the day before the, the parade. So uh, they had that the last, the, the next day. And then yeah. Quickly after they needed to go to uh, to Nashville, so it was tough. They didn't make me fly to Vegas or Nashville. We had that discussion, and then Bruce went on his side and really did his homework and asked around, uh, you know, about me. And then we spoke again, and then and then finally, you know, he came back and said that, that you're the guy that I want to be joining our team. And you know, I was uh, really pleased because. You know, uh, it's a good situation for me. I knew I, knew I needed to uh, take a step back. And uh, uh, coming back with a coach uh, like Bruce that went through about the same thing that I did when, when he was in Washington. He, you know, he had a, a, a little bit of a, you know, um, it, it took him some time before, before coming back and being a head coach in the NHL with Boston. So in between, you know, he... He had to uh, fight adversity. Uh, so for me to be going with a guy like that, uh, that now has a, you know, a great career, you know, it's, it's kind of an inspiration. And uh, he's got experience. He's a good coach. Uh, working with John Stevens, that, you know, has been a head coach with uh, Philly and uh, L.A., you know, a lot of experience. Again, I think I'm going to keep growing as a coach. And also uh, I feel that I can you know, uh, put a little bit of mine in my in, in their success and yeah. help the team help the team um, you know challenge for another cup. So it set the tone for, of course, La Classique. Dominic Ducharme. Eight days later, you show up to your golf tournament with a contract in hand. You're back in the National Hockey League. You're an assistant coach. You're pretty happy. We have some beautiful pictures. From the day's event here, if we can bring him up, uh, my buddy Roger Brulotte of Le Journal de Montréal was on site. And yeah. there you see, of course, uh, look, some usual suspects we can tell, Guillaume Latendresse and Alex Burroughs. And uh, let's, there's more. Hold on Joel, a second. Yeah. Let's go. Joel Bouchard, of course. And uh, there's uh, Elisabeth Rancourt that I recognize from uh, from TVA Sport. And look, and look, there's some more pictures. Look, we'll bring them up. We'll bring him up, and here we go. There's my buddy Jean-Charles Lajoie. There's there's Mario Tessier that I recognize. Okay, let's go. There's more. There's more. Okay, uh, here's some more pictures. There's Steve Bejean that I recognize, yeah. of course, and there's some more here. I'm going to bring up some more. Look, here's some more pictures. Do we have any more? So, okay, so there were many golfers, and there were so many celebrities, and so many members of the media. Uh, there, there was one uh, who was missing uh, for... Uh, Whatever reason, I, I I don't know. I uh, are you talking about yourself, Tony? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think you I think you were invited. 
but you know, you and I, you and I were, were so close. We have each other on speed dial all the time. And, but, but, but you, uh, you know, I, I remember, uh, and what I, uh, the, the answer I got back is I'm not a big fan of golfing. Right. You know what? So Jean-Charles Lajoie gave me a call yeah. and he said, uh, Hey, uh, j'ai parlé avec Dom, puis uh, il dit, uh, aimerais-tu aller sur tournoi? J'ai dit, uh, I said, Jean-Charles, I'd be honored to go, but what kind of tournament is it? Like, is it just golf, or is there, like, other things? He said, no, no, well, it's a day of golf. So I said, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know how to play golf. So if it's just for golf, uh, no, but uh, th then, I heard what, the, uh, then I heard there was, there was food, there was a buffet, and oh, yeah, that, yeah. that clearly oh, is down my... Uh, yeah but you know next year yeah you gotta you, you gotta come okay it's, it's a golf day yeah but we need some marshals on the on, on oh, the okay yeah and doing some pr okay and i think uh, a guy like you and and josh all are pretty good at you know entertaining the golfers okay. and i think uh, you would do a great job there i'd be more than happy thank you very much coach right. and thanks for being uh, a good we'll sport talk. i was we'll i was playing with that. you and, and yes yeah. the invite did come so thank you coach um I was really happy for you, obviously, that you were able to get back to the dance. My question to you, and that is the National Hockey League. At one point, were you at all concerned? Because when you're relieved of your duties, um, the normal thing for people to say is, this didn't work out or that didn't work out. And sometimes it's the last thing on people's minds when basically one year before you coach your team to a Stanley Cup final, people tend to forget that because they always remember right at the end. Were you at all concerned that some of those things that people were concerned about that kept on coming up would hinder your way back to the National Hockey League? Uh, yeah, at some point, yeah, for sure. I mean, you never know. Right? And when you, um, when you take a step back, you know, you you don't know how you know people are going to react and and what's going to be the next opportunity. But I always stay confident in in the fact that you know I've done some pretty good things uh, before coming to Montreal, and I think I you know as an assistant I I did my best helping out, and and we had some parts where we had success, the other where it was tougher, and. And then uh, being a head coach and going to the final um, and the situation the next year, I think people in hockey at the same time, they, they realize and they understand that, uh, you know, there are ups and downs and um, they understand also situations. Um, so, yeah, but until it's signed and, and until you really and know where you're going and what's going to be the next opportunity. Yeah, there's always, you know, there's always uh, a side that, that wonders what's going to happen. But uh, I stay confident and, you know, I knew I was going to be coaching this year. I, I you know, I, I, I was going to be behind the bench somewhere for sure. And I'm really happy to have that opportunity with, uh, with Vegas because I think, First, uh, like I said before, working with Bruce and John uh, and the old organization and where the team is at right now and really, um, you know, challenging for another cup and trying 
you know, bringing back um, pretty much the same team that was on the ice uh, in the Stanley Cup final, beside one one player, um, you know, that's exciting, and um, everything, all that together is. I'm really pleased. Um, there's always ups and downs, and you know, doubts uh, mm-hmm. within, in between, but. It's part of the job and part of uh, adversity, and I always um, think that uh, I always uh, taken adversity as a, you know, add-on, and really uh, I'm not shying away from anything. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something that I faced for the first time, and uh, I learned a lot on on myself. I learned a lot also looking at. Uh, everything that has been going on in hockey, not only in the NHL, but everywhere uh, in the game, in Europe and everything. So I, I took that time off to really um, try to make myself better in another way than I did before. Okay, so that, that time off, if I can, all right? Yeah. The time off you had, did you have a game plan? Did you say, okay, I got some time off here. I'm going to take some time to, A, look in the mirror, B, just relax and decompress, and in no particular order. C, maybe try to reinvent myself a little bit, either as a person and or a professional. Uh, what was the plan? Well, the plan was uh, taking a step back. Like, um, you know, uh, my last few seasons in juniors, I was doing the world juniors, so... You know, we would start, my season would start at the end of July with the uh, summer camp and then come back and then quickly you get into training camp and then Christmas time, is, you know. So it was it was pretty busy. And then, you know, the last few years in the NHL uh, when I was there is COVID, right? Uh, there was a bubble uh-huh. in Toronto and then the crazy season with the Canadian division that uh, we ended up playing until July 7th in the Stanley Cup final. And yeah. then starting right back uh, in September, you know, so, yeah, it was good to take a step back. That was one thing. Um, I was not in a rush last summer about uh, finding opportunities. I was not, I was open to it. I was not in a rush. Um, my plan was to really come back this year. Um, if it wasn't yeah. going to be in the National Hockey League, where was it going to be? Because you said you knew you were coaching. Yeah. You nothing more to gain in the queue. I think you did your share of bus rides and you did your share of winning. But you were you willing to take a couple of steps back if you had to, to take several steps forward afterward? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, it could have been in the uh, AHL as a head coach. It could have been even in Europe in some good leagues with like solid organization. I was not, you know, close to that. Like I was not, uh, I was, my mind was open like uh, on many things. My focus, my, my main goal was to be back in the NHL. And, you know, I had you know, many talks around the league, uh, but the best opportunity and, the best situation and, you know, everything that happened with uh, Vegas was really um, something that uh, was perfect for me. So, Let's, if we can, I want to talk about a couple of bumps in the road 
before we talk about a great road ahead. I remember at the time when one of your former players, a defenseman, made public comments on the record about the lack of structure in which the team was playing. Whether the intentions were bad or the intentions were good, the way it came out is the way it came out. It doesn't make a coach look good. I remember being upset with the player myself because I said to myself, if anyone's going to criticize the coach in Montreal, it's me. That's my job. I'm joking, by the way. That was a joke. Uh, that player at the time was not playing good hockey. You, as his coach, never came out in public and criticized that player for the way he was playing. Um, but he came out and criticized the system and the structure that was. I know you tried to downplay it at the time, and you might even still feel the same way today. Between you and I, did it hurt you? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, but uh, when you read it and when you listen to it, you know, I, he says that uh, it seems that we're lacking structure and everything. And then, you know, a minute later, 30 seconds after, he says, we know where we need to be going, but it seems that we're not going there. So I, I, I think, you know, I don't think Jeff, I don't think it was an attack on me. Like, I think, I don't think it was, I think Jeff um, at the time, you know, it was a difficult time for him. He, away from his family and everything else. And we spoke about that the next day. You know, we, we had, you know, some, a good discussion. And I, I never felt that it was directed to make us look bad or everything or toward his teammates so that, you know, they would look bad or anything like that, I think. Um, Did you tell him it hurt you? Oh, he knew. He knew. He, 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 I think he, he understood. Um, but I think, you know, it was a tough time for him and everything else. Mm -hmm. and like we said, he was not playing well. And for me, it was more a panic statement. Um, somebody that is not feeling good about himself. He's not feeling good about our team. We're not playing well right now. And he wants, he wants things to change. Uh, was it the right way? I don't think so. And I told him. But uh, it was quick uh, after that. It was quick after, like, behind us. Once we had that talk, once we settled it, that, it was quick behind. And, you know, I had no problem. And I don't think he had any problem working with me every day. Uh, you know, the second and third bumps in the road obviously were, you know, the season that was, which was a lot more uh, losses than it was wins. And... Uh, Cole Caulfield going into an extensive scoring slump. Here's a guy who has scored his whole life before arriving at the National Hockey League level. And uh, even though he's a very young player, a lot of people expect him to score right away. And he went in an extensive slump. I believe he had a goal in 30 games or something like that. And then all of a sudden, a new coach comes in and boom, Cole Caulfield explodes. So the naysayers are going to say, ah, you see, My he was holding him back. And the other one... Uh, he, you know, 
He let him he let him fly on his own wings. Um, when you were watching no longer as the coach, and you saw him scoring the way he was scoring, were you like, man? I wish, I wish for sure. I mean, we talk about wins, uh, you know, wins and losses. And I would have taken like more goals for sure. But, you know, just you know, we, we, we have to look back and understand. I mean, Cole came out of college. You know, he, he had a great season. Uh, he went a little bit in Laval at the time. Yeah. Then we brought him to Montreal. Finished the season with us. I think he scored three or four goals in ten games, two in overtime, three on three. Um, we started the playoff. We wanted Cole to keep adjusting, and he didn't play the first two games. And then he came back in the lineup, and we knew at one point he would be back. And it was just part of the process. And I think he it, it's, it's easier to trust more experienced players, right? Especially when you get to the playoffs. Is that it? Like it's no, but at the same time. Uh, you know, it's a different beast. And, yeah. and just, just for a guy to take a step and take a look before he comes in, and, you know, it's not the same game in the playoff. And we knew when we didn't start in that within one game or two games, he would be back. And for us, it was, you know, we're starting like this, like like with we at the time we, we had like a week or so to – to prepare for the first game of the playoff, we had we were injured before. We had time to get healthy. We're starting with the guys that brought us there that played most of the year. It was almost That's, predetermined. It was mapped out already. The first couple of games was already mapped out, and then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happened. We come out of uh, Toronto. It's one-one. It's not a bad situation. We bring Cole, Cole back at home. Yeah, and then and then from there and then from there, you know, we got. He didn't score crazy, but he had good playoffs. He scored his first goal against uh, Vegas in the Vegas series. Yeah, but I remember he did, that. He, he did well against Toronto. I think he, you know, without scoring, you know, he made a few plays, had some points, good assists, and so on. And he, he just kept getting better, right? That's when then, I. That's when I think Laner said, like uh, Cole Caulfield, he always goes glove yeah. side, and he beat him glove side or something. He like did, that. yeah. Right? Or was and it glove side yeah. or five side? Was something like that, right? No, no, glove side. Uh, yeah. I, uh, on the glove yeah. side. So, um, like everyone else, Cole had a short summer, and you know he he went back and he was a Hobie Baker winner, and you know he he was busy that summer, and then none of our players were came back in a great shape and you know when you get a night an athlete out of his cycle of training and, and preparing and coming back you know it's it's always tougher in any sports just cut down on a guy to, uh, running a marathon uh, give him two weeks to prepare instead of two months yeah right yeah so when cole came back you know we played the red and white game and just you know, skating around in, in warm-up, he just fell, hurt his shoulder in the warm-up. And he had no training camp. So confidence for a goal scorer is a big thing. And he started the season, came back just before the start of the season. He had a rough start. And I was sitting with him and trying to, you know, just to keep him positive because 
you know, I, I often talk uh, with him about, you know, looking at the Jack, uh, you know, Hughes in, in, uh, in, in New Jersey that he's a good friend of, you know, how it took him some time to establish himself. It's not easy. Four years. And, yeah. And talking about that. And I, before I left, he, he got, he got COVID. He went back home for about, and I think it was part of the all-star break also at the same time. So I think he had two or three weeks at home where he rested and he trained. He went back to college and he had army with him and they trained and skated. And, and when I he came that. back, yeah, I remember that, yeah. he came back and, you know, there was one game. And I that game, I remember Cole having a two-on-one. He missed the net. You know, he had a few opportunities. He didn't score. Okay. But the next thing he scored. I mean, I think uh, Marty, you know, uh, is doing a good job with, with those guys. He's, 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 uh, I, you know, Marty is my friend. So mm -hmm. I have nothing wrong to say about it. But I, as a coach, you always want your player to be of course. bringing everything they got. Like if, if he's a goal scorer, I want him to score. Like uh, I was yeah. not holding him back. I, I find, I find that a little bit. Like, it's a bad coincidence. And, you know, I, I remember going to Gila Fleur's uh, um, when, he, when he passed. And, and The service, yeah. You saw Cole there at the staircase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. I went to see Cole. And I told him, I'm, hey, I'm really happy the way you finished the year. And, you know, everything. I'm happy for those guys. I mean, yeah. you got a good relation. I, I you know, I think it's, it's – and that's it. And I, I'm, sure, I'm sure if you ask Cole – you know, it's going to be pretty much a, the same story. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, it, it's several times that, uh, obviously you were asked about what happened in that year after making it to the Stanley cup final. And, and you've been very consistent with saying we had a very short summer. That's number one. Number two, you obviously couldn't imagine Shea Weber not coming back and Carey Price entering the players assistance program and then not returning until like a handful of games left in the season. Phil Deneau leaves for Los Angeles. You had a bunch of injuries. You couple that with the short summer. Having said all that, and even though everything is legitimate, when you're in the dance, sometimes you're caught in the middle of everything. And when you're out of it, and you take a chance to look at the big picture, breathe a little bit easier. My question to you is, is there anything you would have done differently anywhere along the lines in that season, or for the reasons I mentioned, it wouldn't have mattered, you guys were cooked? Uh, yeah, for sure. There's many things I would have done differently, but... Would it just, make just a big difference? Just name me one, and then uh, we'll move on. No, well, at one point, you know, um, going to the final was was great. Like, it was a fantastic experience. It was you know, people around the excitement. That, you know, our we know our uh, our the, all the you know the fans are so passionate about the team and everything else. But coming back, obviously, the uh, it was fun to do radio back then too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and and coming back, the expectations were, well, now I mean they're going to be challenging again, right? Because they went and everything else. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing, um, once it started going 
uh, south a bit with the injuries, many yeah. things, right? I would have uh, for sure tried to find a way to release the pressure on the players and even on myself and enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy the game more, mm-hmm. enjoy being at the ring. It became it became hard because for sure, you know we're we're competitors too. So yeah. that, that that's one thing. There's other things, but also there there are things every year. Like if you don't do that as a coach, you mm-hmm. stop progressing, right? And you know, I won't go in everything, but no, yeah. Trying trying to to have the players uh, a little bit more relaxed and having fun, even if it's hard, because the main goal is still still to be winning games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I, I would have you know changed a few things yeah. and tried to do it differently, and maybe even some, change something up that maybe has not a, that big of an impact on to the game mm-hmm. that I believe. But just to do something different and just to try to yeah. uh, get the, the guys to be light and, 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 and forget about, you know, the bad spin that we're in. Uh, a shout out to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Tarban. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. Okay. Um, this is going to be the last of the difficult conversation, and then we're going to go in a different direction. This is not going to be an easy one, but um, I'm going to have to go there. A woman claims, as you know, she was sexually assaulted by eight Canadian Hockey League players, five of which were members of the 2017-2018 World Junior Team, a team that you coached. She claims she was sexually assaulted while intoxicated. Hockey Canada Foundation Gala and Golf event back on June the 2018 uh and uh since then there are some reports that uh hockey canada um wanted to um settle out of court but there are also reports now that any day now the the names of those five players that were involved in whatever happened will come out and there will be some sanctions my question to you is uh, were you interviewed? I imagine you were on what you knew, what you didn't know, and how many times were you talked to, and when was the last time you had a chance to talk to somebody about this? I've uh, been interviewed two or three times. Uh, I've been interviewed by um, the lawyers that were um, uh, employed by Hockey Canada right after, uh, shortly after, to to try to get to know the story or and uh, you know, like everyone on the team did, uh, the NHL come, came down and and talked to me, and like they talked to, I think every players and coaches. Um, and uh, again, you know, uh, the lawyers from mm-hmm. uh, I think it's Hockey Canada again, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I I did like three times. Um, the, you know what I'm. I'm IP. I don't. I don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't know who those guys are, and 
I'm happy about that because I don't want to know. Like, I'd rather not know and when they have something to say and when they have uh, a report on it, well, you know, I'll see it and that's it. When was the last time somebody spoke to you about that? When you said you had a chance to talk to the lawyers, uh, probably, is this a long time ago? Uh, probably like six, seven months ago. Six, seven months ago. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if and when it's going to come out, if it's going to come out, how it's going to come out. Um, it's a delicate situation for sure. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's too bad. You know what? Because you know, it was a great moment for uh, for us to be on the ice that day. And But now for sure we're a little bit like everyone is associated with that. Yeah. Um, and not our gold medal. Yeah, and and I I, I understand. I, I'm a father, and I understand the uh, the young girl and yeah. everything else. Um, I sympathize with uh, everyone. Yeah, around her, with her, um, and hopefully, you know, we can we can move forward mm-hmm. once uh, the report is out and everything is, uh, you know, that has to be done is done. Hey, and, you know, we're probably a couple of minutes left here, but in end, I know you said you had to work on yourself while you were away. Uh, my people tell me that uh, that you visited uh, my motherland at one point. Is that true or not? Did you uh, did you visit Italy or? Uh, one day in Europe, I I I I I slid by. Uh, like you slid really by. Close, you slid like by. really close, really close. Um, but you, uh, you no, I love your country. I love your country. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you were in France, though, were you not? Were you in France? Yeah, I did. yeah, I was. But uh, there was one year that Milan was playing in our league, so we uh, we were playing in Milan. Uh, we were going like a couple times a year. Yeah. So it was uh, it was good to uh, you know, to 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 be there, and yeah, uh, it was a great rivalry at the same time. Yeah, we, uh, they had a lot of Canadians on their team, so they had yeah. A- yeah, they're a good team. And Milan, Bolzano, there's some Canadians. I, I'm more of a uh, southern Italy kind of guy over northern Italy, but they don't play too much hockey in southern Italy, yeah. I'll tell you that. Hey, what did you do to, 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 to reinvent yourself even a little bit? Because, you know, when you have some free time, you say, okay, you know what, I got to work on this, I got to work on that. Are you one to take part in a lot of seminars? You brought up Marty St. Louis' name before, right? So I had a chance at one point uh, just having a very, very quick chat with Marty. And I talked to him about exchanging ideas with our coach. He said, no, no, I don't like to do that. So he, he, he doesn't like to exchange yeah. ideas. Or Do you like no, to like, exchange ideas? I like to do that. Um, you know, I, I was invited, uh, you know, a lot to to be part of clinics and stuff like that. But I like talking to coaches, other coaches. But at the same time, I won't be like the one phoning guys and just talking and just, yeah. you know, uh, but you know, there's a there's a, a a few guys that I stay in touch with, and we talk about different situations and and yeah, about hockey, but also about management and stuff like uh-huh. that. And um, uh, also, like like I said, I watch a lot. I watch a lot of uh, uh-huh. hockey for sure. The NHL. Yeah, um, I was watching maybe uh, two games a night, right, uh, every day. Yeah, and uh, during the day, I was uh, I was on my computer looking at the Swiss league, uh, yeah. uh, the German league, the Champions League in Europe, yeah, and looking at uh, you know everything and just 
and I think, um, you know, for sure, there, there are some people that along the way helped me a lot, like guys like Bob Hartley and, and things like that, where, you know, I had to, I had the chance to spend time with them. Uh-huh. But, but I also learned a lot watching and, and picking up little things here and there and, and, and making it, uh, adapting it to my personality and the way I like the game. To I understand. Be I understand. So, so I, you know, I did a little bit of all of that. Yeah. Hey, every time a team wins the Stanley Cup, people look at it and say, I, this is why they won, right? There's many reasons, but they did this really well. You know, it's almost like trying to find out the recipe to the caramel bar, right? Everyone yeah. really wants to know, is there anything last year's Stanley Cup final with Vegas winning it that showed you that opened your eyes and you look at it because usually a lot of people look at the Stanley Cup finalist and say, okay, that's the blueprint. This is what we have to copy. Did you, did you learn anything from the Stanley Cup final and Vegas ultimately winning it? Well, you know, that was, that was one part of the interview. When I talked to Bruce, he asked me about what was the difference? What, what I saw, what, what did I see? That was different between 2021 when we beat them, yeah, and and, and last year, and uh, and you can see it was almost the same team, right? I mean, obviously there's always yeah. guys in and out, but and uh, but they played different. They they played different, and the way they played this year, uh, really, uh, I, um, the engagement on the defensive side was a lot more. Uh, uh, for me, a lot more uh, uh, prominent, like a lot more engagement there, a lot tougher to play against. That, that's, Not, that, that's a big defense, eh, with Martinez and Petrangelo yeah. and McNabb and Theodore. and. Uh, but the way they played, uh, not only those guys on defense, uh, you're right about yeah, the, the group yeah. of defensemen, but the, the way they were playing with five guys yeah, uh, without the puck, and the same you know, with the puck, how they were in the block of five all the time. Yeah. And that was, for me, uh, something different than what we seen in 2021, where uh, they were really focused on breakouts and rush and transition. Yeah. Uh, really just on that. And our game plan against that was, you know, we we, we wanted to make sure we wanted to uh, make them feel unco- uncomfortable and, yeah. and get out of that, right? And I thought this year they were a lot more complete. Uh, you know what I, around. you know what I took out of that coach is that their fourth line reminded me of the prototypical fourth lines of the '90s that provided some energy, some crash, some bang, uh, some finishing your checks. Because at one point the National Hockey League went towards more. You know what? We could even put skilled players on a fourth line. And I think they went back to more of like, you know, the devil's fourth line or the Red Wings fourth line back in the day. Am I wrong? No, you're right. But you look at those guys and they, they, they still scored some goals. But the, 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 the kind of goals that are scored in the uh, playoffs in the season, you know, are different. And uh, the, 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 the style of play that they have uh, with their fourth line uh, you know, I remember a game against Dallas where they started the game and, and quickly scored, and I think they scored two or three goals in the game uh-huh. and really had a big impact. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's being to be able to build a team that is good enough to, to be part of the playoffs, yeah. but 
also can adapt and play playoff hockey when it's time. And I think uh, in 2021, we were not maybe uh, the team that for the regular season that was built like great for the regular season, but we were a better playoff team. I hear you. Uh, and, and I agree with you. And I, and I think there's that's where you need to find the right balance to be able to be in the playoff every year. Yeah. But also when you get there, to be able to adapt your game and be playing playoff hockey. And that's, I, I think, uh, really, that's something that uh, Vegas did really well. Wrapping up, there's one picture. If there's one picture that really caught my attention this summer, it was one that was put on social media about a month ago from former VP of Communications of the Montreal Canadiens, Paul Wilson. Look at this, huh? Huh? <laughs> ah, yeah. that looked like a nice night, huh? I could have. Oh. There were there were a few stories going out that night, or what? Oh yeah, but uh, you know, Paul is such a awesome guy, and uh, you know, uh, Mark was in Montreal for a little, for a few days, and and uh, Paul invited us, and and uh, at one point he, he showed up and he had his T-shirt on. And he said, "I want to take a picture," and uh, you know, we had such a, a great run. It was a great time. And we were all so invested into that. You know, uh, yeah, it was a, a great night, but remembering some, you know, a, a, great, me, a great run in the playoffs. Tell me one thing that you talked about. I understand it was a private conversation. Tell me one thing. Oh, my God. My stroke, my, did, did, did my name come up at all or what? <laughs> There's another oh, event I wasn't hey, invited hey, to. You, you, bad, you, <laughs> you have a golf tournament, <laughs> you don't invite me. Paul has a pool party, I, I don't you, get invited. You you have to talk to Paul. Right? You know he, he's the PR guy that's yeah. making the invitations. But uh, no, we talked about the, everything. But we didn't talk only about hockey. We were yeah. talking about everything. And you know, uh, how's like Mark doing? Before, how's Mark doing? Il va bien. Yeah, he's good, doing good. And you know, you built relationship, right? When earlier we talked about you know Bruce and everything else, and and getting to know me. Uh, yes, for sure, there's always the business side, but there's a personal side because we spend so much time together. Uh-huh. And what we did too, we did it through the bubble. We did it to, uh, without being able to leave the hotel, be, you know, not being able to go anywhere. So we spent a lot, even more time than usual because you know, we couldn't go anywhere. And that's something that's that's I, why there was no tent or no gazebo at Paul's house. You guys did not want to oh, be. Oh yeah, no, 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 no bubble. I, I don't want <laughs> anything on the, above my head. No. Hey, hey. Uh, in ending, uh, ten seconds here. What are you going to be your responsibilities with the Vegas Golden Knights? I'm going to be working with the forwards. I'm going to be uh, working on the offensive side of the game, and uh, I'm going to be pre-scouting the other teams. Uh, you know, things like that. And I'm going to be working on the parpet with Bruce. Working with uh, Jack Eichel and Mark Stone and Jonathan Marchessault and William yeah. Carlson and doing it in Vegas, as they say, yapir d'envie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really happy about it. And you know what? For a long time, like I mean, for the first time in a long time, I won't be having to shovel some snow. So that's okay. About the, I'm okay with that. Are you? Even though you love coaching, are you somewhat relieved that it's an assistant coaching job? It's less pressure. Or are you? Is, is this coming at a good? No. I'm in your life, no. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with the situation. Yeah. And being a head coach, you know, I'm really in the present, and I'm I'm not. Yeah. I don't have a timeline, but I want to do it again, and 
you know, we always, there's always a question of timing and everything else. If it would have happened this summer, for sure I would have taken it and I would have been, you know, really excited yeah. about it. But uh, you know, one day and uh, right now I'm really happy with the situation. A golf tournament that raised about $140,000 for La Jeunesse in Joliet. Uh, named as assistant coach with the Vegas Golden Knights about eight days before that. Sounds like you had a fantastic summer. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I kept you a little bit long. I apologize. I don't get the chance to speak to you every day. It's always a privilege. I took a little bit of advantage of it. Uh, thank you very much for your cooperation tonight. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Tony. Merci beaucoup. There you have it. Uh, former head coach of the Montreal Canadiens and assistant coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dominic Ducharme. I hope you enjoyed the podcast tonight as much as I did. If you did and you liked it, like it on YouTube, share it with your friends, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. If you're going to listen to it on Apple, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. And if you feel like me very much, leave me a five-star review anyway. Why? Because I'm a pretty nice guy. And by all accounts, so is Dominic Ducharme. For Shane Gaumont and Agnello, Sammy and Juliana back at Master Control, their Cavallaro, this is the sick podcast, the one and only sick podcast. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.